What's up, Daw Nation? My name's Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode 36 of Behind the Daw. For those of you who are new and don't know what Behind the Daw is, it is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, everyone else in between on a philosophical, emotional, artistic basis to get inside their heads, to gather that best information, and then bring it back to you so that you can utilize that information and wisdom on your journey. By the way, this is a companion podcast to In the Daw, which is a YouTube series that I do with Multiplier, where we invite artists to come and dissect their songs in real time. Recently, we've had Trivecta. I highly encourage you to go check that out. We dissect one of his songs he just released on Monster Cat. It's called Axis. It's amazing. But for this episode of Behind the Daw, this is what I want to focus on. This is a really great episode. It was with Elderbrook. If you don't know who Elderbrook is, he's amazing. It's incredible what he's doing right now. He just barely got nominated for a Grammy. It was through a song that he did with Camel Fat. He's touring the US. He's, he's absolutely amazing. His music is incredible. Extremely high quality. He has like 3 million monthly listeners on Spotify. He's an incredible songwriter and he brings a lot of wisdom to the table right now. Ask him some really interesting questions. So before we get into that though, I do just want to give a shout out to the sponsors of this episode and the sponsors are you guys. It is the listeners that help us sustain ourselves so that we can keep bringing these episodes to you. You can do this by going to the Patreon, the In The Daw and Behind The Daw Patreon. You know, it can start as as little as $1 a month. If this podcast is really helping you, you're getting a lot out of it to really help drive you towards your musical goals, your musical journey. Go ahead and consider signing up for a dollar a month. There's tons of benefits. The biggest benefits is uh, you get access to the In The Daw and Behind The Daw private Discord community. I'm always sharing stuff in there of like the newest plugins, the newest social media strategies, mixing tips, mastering tips, uh, everything else in between. And plus everyone in there, they're always down to help each other. They're collaborating with each other. They're giving each other tips. It's absolutely amazing. So if you want a private community like that while helping us sustain the In The Daw and Behind The Daw podcast and YouTube series, please go ahead, go over, check that out. But let's get into the meat of this interview. So without further ado, here is Elderbrook. Welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Daw. We're absolutely honored to be able to interview the one, the only Elderbrook. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. How is New York treating you? Yeah, good, man. It's good to be back. I've been um I've been here since February, I think, for the Grammys. Perfect, perfect. Oh yeah. So let's just hop right into it, man. How how was the Grammys? Uh, it was insane, man. Nothing I had ever been to before. To be nominated was, a, again, a really strange thing as well, because I guess no one really knew it was going to happen. It kind of We just got an email one day saying, been nominated. For those listening to this later, uh, Elderbrook is absolutely amazing. If you don't know who he is, if you haven't listened to him, I'd highly suggest a couple songs right at the top of my head. Cola, one that he did with Camel Fat, absolutely amazing. Another one that's probably one of my favorites is Capricorn. I have a few questions about Capricorn a little bit later. And any other songs that you just feel particularly proud of that you, that you want to direct people towards? There's a song of mine called Talking, which is a seven-track EP that I put out. It was called Talking, and that's the lead track off it. Go check out Talking. So with that being said, it's going to hop right into it. So the name Elderbrook is so interesting. It sounds very mystical. Tell, tell me about it. Where did that come from? It's a funny one, actually. So do you know of comedian and musician Reggie Watts? Oh, yeah. 
He's a good guy. Yeah, man. It was on like a, it was a Netflix, may even have been a TED talk or something. But anyway, he did um, he did this thing where he'd just say lots of things in different accents without ever actually reaching a conclusion, never really saying anything. But he was taking off an English accent and he said, now introducing the very lovely and talented Lady Elderbrook. And I thought, if I was called Elderbrook, I would sample that so much. So I looked it up and no one else was called Elderbrook. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll be Elderbrook. Literally, I've never, ever sampled it in my life. Do you have any plans to sample it? I guess so. I kind of owe it to myself and to Reggie. Maybe one day. Since you, you, you got into it, you started using it to sample it, but you haven't sampled it yet. Have you just enjoyed it so much that you just kind of forgot about sampling it? I guess so, man. But like you said, it kind of... It does sound kind of like Lord of the Ringsy, doesn't it? It does. Like kind of Game of Thronesy in a way. It just basically just sounds super English. In a brand sense, let's talk about your actual brand that you have going on right now. So so tell me about, you know, if you if we were to able to take the Elder Book brand and we were able to kind of strip it back, you know, all the way down to its core. What is the core of it? What is the whole purpose of you creating this project and doing the music that you're doing? You know what I mean? What's the driving force inside of you? The first like my first instinct when I started when I started calling myself Elderbrook was to make electronic music with emotion because I feel like a lot of the time now with electronic music it can be very like empty and just it might sound very cool or whatever but it's not it's not necessarily doesn't really make you feel anything so that was at the very like forefront of what I wanted to do there I come from like a an acoustic background with like almost folky kind of stuff I just thought I wanted to kind of merge them to get like the emotion of the acoustic stuff but with the upbeat nature of electronic music if you were to have an end goal with this Elderbrook project, what would that end goal look like? I wouldn't say there's an end goal. There's lots of little goals that I want to achieve on the way to whatever, wherever I end up. Like at, at the moment, right now, my only real goal is to release this album that I've been working on for basically my whole life. What's the update on the album? How how far out do you think it is? We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. I've been writing so, so much over the last, I guess, two or three years with some amazing people as well. As soon as I get back to the UK, I'm going to um, sit down, listen to a the hundreds of demos that I've got, pick which ones will be going on my debut album, of which you only really get one. Totally. And I was, I was listening to another interview that you did, and you, and you mentioned before that you have tons of demos, hundreds of demos, hundreds of potential songs that could be released in, in, in any fashion. So my question is, you know, in your, in your songwriting process, in the process of taking a demo and creating it into a full-fledged song, how are you able to determine what is worth pursuing and what is worth leaving in in the demo chest so to say it's a difficult one man because you literally just never know where something's going to end up so like i could i could start with a project from like a year ago that i find on my laptop or whatever and it'll end up sounding completely different like you just you never really know but i think what i try to do is at least if i really love something and i want to finish it then i will if I don't want to finish it, then it's not worth finishing, you know? I think it's I think it's kind of just as simple as that. So speaking of that, do you feel like you have a lot of external motivations or external pressure, I should say, to go with the songs that maybe you don't feel should be pursued as much as others? I guess, I, I, I know what you're saying, like, are there songs that I might not like that I know that other people would like you say? Exactly. The people that I work with are amazing. Like, they kind of give me creative license to do whatever I want. So I haven't really, I've never been, like, pressured into, I don't know, releasing a massive pop song or whatever something like that i mean it's all been just kind of do what i want what it is is that how i came into i guess the whole music industry and everything was just by uploading a song to soundcloud when i was like a college kid in my dorm like with about 100 do you know what i know i had exactly 158 soundcloud followers 
I uploaded this song and out of nowhere, like it got shared and sent everywhere and it ended up in with like 300,000 views or something. So I think the fact that I did that myself, the, I've been lucky with the people I work with, but I think they realized that it's very much me. It's not, it's not a, it's not a manufactured industry led project or whatever. It's just like what I like. Kind of, kind of what I took from, from that answer is basically in your early days, you know, like when you were learning how to produce and everything, you kind of took the bull by the horn, so to say, and you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to release it. I'm going to do all the heavy work. And by learning how to do all that heavy work, when I start getting propositions for people to help me, I kind of, you know, I have my feet firmly on the ground. And it, and exactly. Like I, I think I know, like I do know what I am as an artist, which I think is super important. And I think you'd be surprised. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't know and they'll change and they'll start doing this. They'll follow trends. They'll do whatever. But no, I think it's super important to know who you are as for anyone, I guess, and know who you are. But so, so taking that a step further. So who are you as an artist? You know, like if you could put it into words, I know it's hard to put into words, but but who are you as an artist? Again, I think I just feel like me, you know, I mean, I, what I think definitely defined me in the beginning was the mixture between like the folk music that I was doing and then mixing that with electronic to get this weird thing. And I guess, yeah, I see myself as being the kind of artist that does something a little bit weird that you haven't heard about before. You know, when I was listening to, to Capricorn, that, that is like literally what you just described as like a little bit something I've never heard before. That's that's what hit me on the head with that song, right? So as I was listening to it, as I was kind of paying attention to my feelings and listening to the lyrics and even looking at the lyrics later, I kind of know what that song means to me. But like, can you can you kind of dissect some of the lyrics a little bit and kind of like what was the what was the point of that song? Well, I started with the word Capricorn. Like it's a, it's a good word, like phonetically speaking, like it's a Capricorn, like it's a very like hard, almost a percussive word. Mm-hmm. So I start with that. The story is basically a story about a couple whose relationship is defined by whatever she reads in the daily horoscopes. Infuriated by this, he then goes and gets a job at the magazine and changes the horoscopes to work in his favor until she then loves him again. So I thought it was, I just thought it was a funny story, you know. I just wanted to get that story out, and I had a, like a super like I could envision it in my mind, like just sitting at the kitchen table, like oh, what's she doing? Why did she believe all this or whatever? This is just that story bouncing off of that idea so what as far as like the songs that you've written or and maybe the songs that you've written but you haven't put out yet what has been your favorite story that you've created in a musical sense i don't know like one that i've always loved actually you know do you know the song by the kinks um lola of course yeah i kind of wrote a similar song to that about someone that falls in love with a man thinking they're a woman which i thought like i, I really it's something that i really want to release but it's something that um yeah, I think that's an interesting one that I did recently. If we were to look at the totality of your career, and and even your life too, we'll say the totality of your career and totality of your life. So I guess I'm expecting kind of two different answers, but what is kind of been, you know, as far or as deep as you want to go, what has been like the hardest kind of situation that you've had to overcome in order to continue on this path that you're on? I guess for Elderbrook, from professionally, the hardest thing I overcame was figuring out what to do live like for my live shows because i've never dj'd i'm not dj just because i don't know what songs people want to hear totally. to be honest but yeah i just i was trying to figure out because obviously when i'm sitting in my room i'm making or the studio or whatever i'm making all these weird sounds there's like 15 things going on at once there's a kick there's a snare there's synths there's bass and trying to work out what i'm going to do when on stage is super super difficult and i think i'm still working on it now but it's always evolving like i'm adding new stuff i'm taking stuff away but that was definitely something that i had to um work on like quite intensely 10 hour days just like rehearsing 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 and like now 
I know the songs, it's fine. But at the very beginning, that was that was quite difficult for me. In my life, though, I don't know. I guess leave again. It's connecting. It's connected to Elderbrook. Leaving university after the success of that one song on SoundCloud, because I was thinking, oh, should I stay? Should I go? Whatever. Like, it was nothing. Not nothing about the course or anything like that. The what I was studying. I didn't really care about that. <laughs> but it was more like I had like this amazing group of other musicians that I was working with there. I went to university in Bath, which is like two hours outside of London. And yeah, I, can't, I moved to London and I was all by myself trying to make music. And it was a really, really weird time for me, I guess. Is there anything up to this point in your career that you, that you wish you would have achieved already, but you haven't achieved already? That you feel like you have the potential to achieve, but you haven't achieved? I don't know. I think it's because we were just talking about it. I feel like I could win a Grammy. The nomination was fine. <laughs> I'm joking. That's a difficult, that's a difficult question, man. Totally. I'll stick with my Grammy answer. If you were to look at like your, your whole career again, and you were able to point out Maybe a few things that you did that really helped propel your your career forward. What would you attribute those few things to? I'm going to talk about that moment when the SoundCloud thing. At that time, I was uploading. Um, I was basically making and uploading a song a day. I only managed to do it for like five days because it was realized it was a tall order. But um, I think that's what did it, man. Just like realizing that you can make a song in a day. And I think even now, like when I, when I go to a session or when I'm writing by myself, I'll write a song a day. But before that, I was, I was spending maybe even months on one song, just not really knowing. It's just having the confidence to be like, yep, that's good. Save it. Next thing. Yeah. I think that's really important. When you say you write a song a day, is that like a full song? Like verse? I mean, obviously it depends on the day, but um, yeah, I guess Capricorn was, Capricorn was written in a day with an Australian gentleman called Nikki Nighttime. But that's, that's just writing it, right? That's not like... You didn't mix and master and all that kind of stuff in one day, right? No, the mixing and mastering can come later, but I mean, nothing, nothing changed since the day, I guess. But I, oh, it does depend. It does depend on the song, obviously, or whatever, whatever you want to do. But it only takes a couple of hours to write a good song. If you were to look at your entire life, both incorporating your career and and you know things outside of your careers, so what do you feel like is the thing that you are most proud of in your life? The thing that like. If you were to tell people a thousand years from now that you did something, what would be that thing? I played a festival recently in the UK. No, 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 I've changed my mind. What it is, it's um, touring the US. Do you know what? Because when I was younger, like obviously, like I think every like little kid wants to be either a, a soccer player, like a football player, a, whatever, a rock star. But I always really pictured myself being on a tour bus, looking out the window, going across America playing shows. And I'm so happy that I've been able to do that, honestly. It's literally like, I, it's something that I used to picture all the time. It's like, yeah, one day I'm going to be a whatever. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to tour the world. Quite amazing that, uh, that I finally got to do it, I That's guess. That's awesome, man. What are some of your favorite experiences with touring? I've been to Australia recently, which was quite amazing because Australia is super far away. People don't really like, it's not somewhere that you go lightly. You know what I mean? Like I have so many Australian friends because they kind of get around everywhere. But yeah, it was really cool going there. Went to Russia. That was cool. There's just so many, man. There's so many, and they're all super. There's some really amazing ones. I was really happy to go to Australia, though. That's awesome. Most of the people that we have come on the show and they talk about touring, you know, most of them say that they don't enjoy the touring. Most of them say that they it's it's very hard, it's very taxing. But it sounds like it's, it's not. It is super taxing, yeah. But overall, you're still enjoying it a lot. For now, yeah. No, no, I am. But I mean, for example, I've been home in um in like six weeks, which is kind of kind of weird. I'm going home tomorrow, which is great. But I mean, I have family. I've got a girlfriend that. I haven't seen in six weeks. It is quite difficult. And I mean, I always get really ill at the end of a tour. I'm sure like everyone, like it happens with a lot of people, but 
It really takes it out of you, man. Again, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Like, it's amazing. What is the deepest thought that you've had in the last year? These are incredible questions, man. <laughs> I can't remember my deep thoughts. Whenever I have a deep thought, I'm always in a state that I can't remember things. Um, I'll tell you a deep thought that I just have, and hopefully I'll get the juices going, all right? So a spoon is really just a little bowl that we use to eat out of bigger bowls. You know what I mean? A bowl within a bowl, wow. Bowlception, some might say. I don't know, man, because now all I can think of is like looking at the stars, but I guess whatever. I guess it would have to be just looking looking at the stars and thinking like, whoa, everything is nothing, man. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever looked at a star and realized that it might not actually be there? Have you ever heard that before? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The light traveling through space, the planet could have died, but the light's still traveling, which is... Oh, I can't think about the universe at all, man. It really freaks me out. I don't get it, man. Why is it a thing? Why is, why do, why is it? No, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Everything that had to happen for us to be here, for the universe to be there. How but no, but why? But why is it? Why, why is it there in the first place? Well, you know, Mr. Elderbrook, our time is out, so we might have to have you back on the show another time to talk about the you can't why. Leave me, you can't leave me like this. <laughs> thinking about the universe, thinking about my own mortality. Now, my final, final question, which takes about two seconds to answer. Did you enjoy your time coming on the show? I loved my time coming on the show. Perfect. And I would love to come back another time. Perfect, man. And we can definitely get deeper into the why. Yeah, I mean, let's not get too deep, because like I said, it really, really freaks me out. For those who are listening, please go check out Elderbrook on... Uh, your favorite streaming services as well as checking them out on YouTube or wherever else. Is there anywhere else that you would like them to, to go to, Mr. Elderbrook? You can follow me on Instagram, underscore Elderbrook, and that's the same on Twitter. And uh, There's some good content on there for everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. We really hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the questions that we asked or would you have liked to hear different ones? If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcast-related app, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, make sure to like, comment, and follow, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Daw.